Hello, disruptors, and welcome back to the 90th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor with your hosts, Bennett, and we have Ashley with us as well. Hey, guys. All righty. So we have another amazing episode for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about, oh, my bad, uh, Ashley, <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, you totally could have told them all we're going to talk about, but, um, we are going to talk about, uh, a few things. One, the recent stuff with USPS, um, slowing down mail, um, voting, mail-in voting, um, just the delivery of the mail in general. Um, and then we are also going to talk about Joe Biden's recent VP pick, Kamala Harris. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into the first topic that you mentioned, which was the USPS and the whole debacle that's kind of going on there. And uh, if you guys have shipped anything in the last uh, few weeks, you have noticed just like I have that I, sh I ship a lot of stuff. Um, that there's a big slowdown. There are policy changes that are going on in U USPS and uh, that is um, also part and due to the, the postmaster, the new postmaster appointed by Trump. So let me go ahead and pull up this resource that I have uh, by the week. Um, and it's a very short article, so let's just go ahead and read this all. Um, the title says, postal workers are sounding the alarm as mail sorting machines are removed from processing facilities. This is August 13th, um, just a few days ago, three days ago specifically. So uh, it goes on to say, it's not just business as usual at the USPS. Well, President Trump is publicly saying he plans to block funding for the USPS so that Democrats can't achieve their goal of expanding mail-in voting across all states ahead of the November election. The Postal Service is also facing some internal changes. Vice News motherbo Motherboard reported Thursday that USPS is quietly removing mail sorting machines, the very machines that are responsible for sorting ballots there's no official explanation for the changes, and it's unclear why the machines would be removed rather than simply not um, when not needed. The removals and plan removals are reportedly affecting several processing facilities across the U.S. Uh, and I quote, it'll force the mail to be worked by human hands in sorting, guarantees to stop productivity, end quote. A post office source told uh, the Washington Post's uh, on top of cutting the overtime needed to run the machines, can you imagine the overtime needed to do this the old hard way? End quote. Mm -hmm. So like, he's definitely like, uh, like there's going to be mistakes, you know, like when it's in human hands and out of the machine's hands, there's going to be more mistakes. Uh, postal workers say equipment is often moved around or replaced, but not usually at such a rate and not in such a way that would affect workers' ability to quickly process large quantities of mail. Local union officials have no idea what's going on. And I quote, not, uh, I'm not sure you're going to find an answer for why, one union president told Vice, because we haven't quite figured that out either. A USPS spokesman has said the move is routine. Package volume is up and mail volume continues to decline, said the spokesperson adapting our processing infrastructure to the current volumes will ensure more efficient and cost-effective operations. Since there is an inf expected influx of mail as Americans begin sending in ballots, postal workers urged voters not to wait until the last moment to avoid overwhelming the dwindling number of sorting machines. So uh, that's the end of it. Um, but I think it's very like to the point. 
about everything. So uh, your take on uh, this, Ashley, so this news. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely concerning that part where you mentioned it being cost effective. I feel like if we're going to try to give them any sort of benefit of the doubt, that is the only reason why I could see this happening. Mm -hmm. But the timing is just very political. It clearly seems like such a political strategy, you know, um, which is sad. And I think that that should kind of be alarming to us as Americans, mm -hmm. you know, um, we kind of look to other countries and say that um, the other countries should have this, you know, right to vote that we have. And, um, you know, that that way that they have a say in their government and in their policies. And um, we need to be looking at home now because this is happening here. You know, our elections are regularly rigged um, and regularly cheated. And this is a clear uh, testament to that. I mean, I don't see how you can expect every single person in the entire country, or at least half of the country, to mail in their votes and have them all be able to be counted in time by hand, or even, you know, a, a big portion of those. And like most Americans probably don't even know about those rules. They probably don't even know that they have to send yeah. it at least a week before. They probably don't even know that they're removing most of those machines, you know, like just as like they don't know like how rigged our elections are and how uh, bought and paid for everything is, you know? So, um, but yes, you're hundred percent right with the timing. Like that's the big thing here. Like mm -hmm. we're about like, we're only a few months away from the uh, November election, right? Um, and people are gonna start voting by mail soon, like very soon. Um, and most states have rules in place that they can request their mail-in ballots just a few days before the election. And that would of course violate the USPS, like, uh, like what they're requesting the, the week um, so they can do it the, uh, properly. So it, it just seems like a, just a clusterfuck um, from all different angles. And it seems like it's definitely on purpose because like, why else remove? Why else would you remove so many of these high pro, uh, high processing uh, machines or these sorting machines? Well, and I think it's interesting because it um, it will kind of because because Trump has already been alluding to the fact that the election is going to somehow um, the mail-in voting is somehow not going to be efficient. It's not going to be adequate. And I think that he, by doing this, he's just going to have another excuse in November if he doesn't win um, to be able to say, oh, well, you know, mail-in voting was the reason why and, you know, this and this and this. So it's, it's political in one aspect because, like, it slows down mail-in voting. But then it also, I think, is political in another aspect where if he does lose in November, he can kind of look back and be like, oh, well, you know, half the country, they mailed in their ballots and they didn't even get counted. So, yeah, like, uh, I mean, he even with the normal elections that we had in 2016, Trump still claimed that there was like fraud that went massive fraud that went on in like California with three million uh, undocumented people. Uh, voting uh, against him. Of course, they had to be undocumented. Of course, they had to vote against him uh, for the Democrats. So, uh, and of course, they had to all come from California, which let's be honest, <laughs> how many people in California really voted for Trump? Like, not, come on. 
one of the most liberal states. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let's move on to the next uh, topic, which is Kamala Harris, right? She is a new uh, VP, VP pick from Joe Biden. So uh, let's talk about how it went down, what, what was going on there, and what do we think about it? Um, oh, wow, okay. So I think that what, what, how it went down was, I believe that he has always kind of had this in the back of his mind, that Kamala Harris was gonna be the VP pick. Um, I think that Amy Klobuchar was maybe on that list for a hot second. Um, I know Susan Rice was for a, a good, a good amount of time, but I think, and I even know like Stacey Abrams was like trying to like campaign for it, but I think it was all talk. He was never going to pick anybody. Yeah. And it was all talk. He was never going to really pick a progressive. Um, and why? Because we all know that the democratic strategy this time around is vote for the VP. Biden's not going to make it. So vote for the VP. And I think a couple things, I think Mala Harris is super safe. She is an establishment candidate, too. Um, she's just another um, money-sucking Democrat. Um, so they are totally fine if she ends up being the president. Um, and I think, on the other hand, they also think that she's a good candidate because people want to vote for, people will vote for the first Black woman president. I think that that's like a big part of it as well, uh, sadly. And I really, really hope though, and I've seen a lot of posts from um, black friends of mine, and um, it seems like a lot of people are, are, are seeing through it because her DA record really did come out a lot in the presidential debates. So I'm hoping that like people will see through that and realize that she is not what we need, especially because of everything going on right now with criminal justice reform we're trying to call for. Um, and then we're going to put her in the, in the White House. Not a good idea. Oh, yeah, I think I mentioned to you, too, that private prisons, the stock for private prisons went up after she was announced as being Biden's VP pick. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. I think it's just so typical of the Democratic Party um, to pick a safe person, but also somebody who they know is going to bring in more money um, and who has ties to um, the community already, um, the elite, you know. Um, yeah. So am I disappointed? Kind of not. I'm kind of not. I, I was just expecting it, you know. Um, I done exited a long time ago, and this is one of those reasons why. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's really a slap in the face to progressives because despite making up 40% of the Democratic Party, um, based upon like the amount of delegates that Bernie Sanders has achieved uh, and now and in the past in 2016, we did not get anything for that. You know, yeah. like, uh, we got Joe Biden, who is offering us a more conservative party platform than Hillary Clinton did just four years ago. Uh, and that's reality, you know, and the reason why he can get away with that and the reason why that's true, 100% true, is because we let him, you know, we let him because we vote blue no matter who. We will uh, pledge our vote to someone like Joe Biden, even though he doesn't represent anything of like what we want. Uh, the dude is just as much of a rapist as Trump. Uh, he is slow, like he, he doesn't seem slow. 
uh, not all 100% all there. Like the, the gears are grinding a little rusty or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, the list goes on and on, you know, uh, he's terrible on crime. Like, uh, like, you know, it's just over and over again. So like, yeah, that's the and, it would be, and it would be different if his VP pick was actually somebody who could maybe like, if he did pick a progressive and it was somebody, or even somebody who was more liberal, like, you know, I, do I think that after Biden is gone, that Kamala Harris is going to do, um, Medicare for all? No, I don't. I don't think that. So, you know, like, I feel like neither of them were a good pick. And now that they're together, it's like even more of an incentive to not vote blue. Like, you know, this is not, I know that people want to get Trump out of the White House, but literally the entire Democratic platform was not this up until Biden was picked. And now all of a sudden, like all of these things, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's sad. It's sad. And so many people are, I've gotten little, literal arguments with friends about voting for um, Biden and how not voting for him is literally voting for Trump. I'm just like, I don't, you're the reason why that though. You are the reason why. Because if more people were to vote third party, then we wouldn't have this problem. So I think it's a great opportunity to bring this uh, tweet up um, about how someone who was a serious, serious contender for uh, the VP slot that Kamala Harris has just taken. Well, the person I'm mentioning uh, is Susan Rice, right? So she mm -hmm. was trending on Twitter a couple of days ago. Um, and I think she might be still trending, I'm not sure. But uh, this is one of the, the tweets that we found uh, very, very good. Alrighty, so here is that tweet from Ryan Knight on Twitter. Like I said, he was trend, or she was trending on Twitter uh, just a couple days ago, Susan Rice. Um, and this is what uh, Ryan Knight said on Twitter. I just can't. Congratulations, corporate Democrats. This is who you are now. Neoliberal authoritarians who oppose whistleblowers who reveal that our own government is spying on us, which is a violation of our privacy and Fourth Amendment rights. Snowden is a patriot. And what is he's referring to uh, is a tweet that also mentions the, the words I just can't from Susan Rice. And she tweets this, congratulations GOP, this is who you are now. And she tweets this video of Trump considering the VP, or considering Snowden for a pardon. Well, I'm gonna look at it. I mean, I'm not that aware of the Snowden situation, but I'm gonna start looking at it. There are many, many people, it seems to be a split decision, that many people think that uh, he should be somehow treated differently, and other people think he did very bad things. And I'm gonna take a very good look at it, okay? I mean, I, I've, I've seen people that are very conservative and very liberal, and they agree on the same issue. They agree both ways. Uh, I'm going to take a look at that very strongly if Edward Snowden. Yeah, please. Okay, so that's it. Uh, very short um, to the point. But I thought it was very, very cool that Trump was willing to even consider pardoning Edward Snowden. Uh, this could be a political grab from him just trying to get some votes, some political mm -hmm. capital or whatnot. It, that could be a factor in it. Uh, most presidents do that when they're leaving office, uh, whether it's their first or second term. Usually they don't do it on the end of their first term because it's a little riskier if they wanna uh, run again, which Trump is trying to do. So, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool, really, really hardening. But what's really bad about this is that 
if Susan Rice was a heavy contender for Joe Biden and she thinks <laughs> that about this, about Edward Snowden, who is a patriot, who is a truth-telling whistleblower that let Americans know that the American government, our own government was spying on us. You know, so um, to call him a traitor and, and uh, say that he committed treason and all that stuff and still want him <laughs> exiled, that just speaks volumes about the, what the possible Joe Biden presidency will look like. Yeah. Yeah, any comment on that or we? No, I mean, I think that it's gonna be the semi the same with Kamala Harris anyways. Um, I mean, she was <laughs> one of the most oppressive DAs, um, district attorneys. So I don't think that, like I was saying before, criminal justice reform, I think is kind of out the window, which is really sad. Um, but I think she probably would have the same opinion on the Snowden situation. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would think so as well. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stance that Obama took on him, you know, uh, but I will give Obama credit for releasing Chelsea Manning. He, he did do that at the end of his second term, uh, so I will give him credit for that, which she, or he is now a whistleblower, uh, or no, she was, he was a whistleblower, uh, but yeah, so you know what I mean. So uh, yeah, so anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? No, not at all. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So uh, I hope you guys learned a lot from this episode. Make sure you fucking get your mail-in uh, ballots, request those mail-in ballots, uh, make sure you let everybody know what you think about the USPS closing. Let us know uh, what are your thoughts on that. Um, and when it comes to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I want to know what our audience is thinking about that. Like, what are your feelings about that? If you're a progressive, do you feel left out uh, or whatnot? So, uh, or are you voting? Are you or, voting for? Or yeah, yeah. we want to know. Absolutely. So yeah, definitely that as well. Uh, oh, I also wanted to plug our social media. So Ashley, where can they find us? Everywhere. So we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Um, we also write articles on WordPress. And all of those places, you can look us up as the Oligarchy Disruptor. All right. Yeah. 100%. So I've, uh, once again, oh, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please do uh, leave us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate that as well. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one. Bye guys.